0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John, and today is episode 80, and we're looking at John chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Let's read the passage. After this, he went down to Capernaum together with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they stayed there only a few days. The Jewish Passover was near, and so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling oxen, sheep, and doves, and he also found the money changers sitting there. After making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple with their sheep and oxen. He also poured out the money changers' coins and overturned the tables. He told those who were selling doves, Get these things out of here! Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace! And his disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house! will consume me." Well, Jesus has called his disciples. He attended the wedding at Cana, and now it says he went down to Capernaum. Capernaum is over on the Sea of Galilee. It is in Galilee, as is Capernaum, so it's not far. So it just says he went to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and then he stayed there just a few days. Now, there's debate over this verse because it refers to the brothers of Jesus. And the the problem is Catholicism has declared that Mary was an eternal virgin. That is, she, she never had other children other than Jesus. Now, there's no biblical mandate for this. No, no biblical evidence for this. It's something that occurred a, a couple of centuries later. And, and so there's no reason to try and impose that idea onto the text here. It says his brothers. There's other words that would mean cousins. So this means brothers. Now, some people say it's it's uh, half-brothers, children of Joseph from a prior marriage, maybe. But there's no reason to, to think otherwise. Now, when Jesus was born, it specifically said that Jesus was Mary's firstborn. So the, the only reason to make it say anything else is if you want to cling to the, the Catholic tradition of uh, Mary was an, an eternal virgin. But this is where Jesus' family is from, Galilee. His family was in Nazareth initially. Perhaps they've resettled to Capernaum, and that's where uh, they are are these days. We don't know, but they're still in Galilee. They travel to Capernaum, have a brief stay there. Then Jesus and his disciples head to Jerusalem. Now it says, went up to Jerusalem. On a map, it's south. So it's, we would say, down. But up is referring to elevation. Uh, Jerusalem was a a mountain city. and, And so regardless of where you are going to Jerusalem, you have to go uphill. So you go up to Jerusalem. And the reason is because the Passover is near. Now John always refers to it as the Jewish Passover, probably because John lives in the area of Ephesus at the time this was written, and it's not a heavily Jewish area. So he explains a lot of the Jewish things to the people in the area that he's writing to, that the Passover is a Jewish event. Now, some people want to pour some theology into this, that the the Passover was the time of the gathering for the the big sacrifice to to cover sins. But Jesus was essentially his death the final Passover. There is no Passover after this. So this is the Jewish Passover. And so Jesus' disciples headed to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And that's all done at the temple. And the sacrifice of the Passover takes place at the temple. Now the temple is not just a building. The actual temple itself is not that big of a building, but it's the area surrounding the temple. You have all these courts, the the court of men, the court of women, the court of Gentiles uh, surrounding and and it's a temple complex. So when it talks about the people uh, buying and selling and exchanging money, they're not in the temple building, they're in the area of the temple, the temple complex, probably the court of Gentiles. So it says in the temple he found people selling oxen, sheep, doves, and the money changers. The issue is everybody was supposed to travel to Jerusalem for the Passover event, and you're supposed to have a sacrifice. Well, it's hard, to, hard enough just to travel there, let alone bring an animal for the sacrifice. So people sold animals for the sacrifice there in the temple complex. The problem is they're doing it in the temple complex itself. It's not like they've set up a farmer's market adjacent to the temple area. They're doing this in the temple area itself. And that's what seems to offend Jesus the most, is the fact that they're doing all this in an area which should be a worshipful area. And there's also money changers. Well, you have to pay a temple tax when you're there, and only certain kinds of money were accepted at the temple. And so if you were living in a far-off place, uh, you, you couldn't use the Roman coin. Uh, you had to exchange that for the, the local money that would be accepted at the temple. And, of course, there's a, a profit involved there. But all of this is taking place in an area which isn't designed to be a marketplace and in fact jesus makes this whip out of cords and chases everyone out now not everyone out of the temple not even everybody out of the temple complex but all of those who are engaged in all this commerce this buying and selling and exchanging he chases them out chases the animals out too and it's not that he has a deadly weapon he's made a a a whip of sword to, to chase at people and it's his authority which chases the people out it's not his violence then in verse 16 he says he said to those who were selling doves get these things out of here stop turning my father's house into a marketplace actually a little play on words here because uh, the words that gets translated to marketplace actually is market house so stop turning my father's house into a market house is, is the words he used and it says, his disciples remember, that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. And that's from Psalm 69, verse 9, talking about the, the zeal that uh, people had for the house of God, the temple. Now some issues here. This is in John chapter 2. But we have the cleansing of the temple in Matthew chapter 21, Mark chapter 11, And Luke chapter 19, those all occur during that final week after the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The next couple of days is when that happens, that last week of Jesus' life. John places this in the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Now there's a couple of possibilities here, and there's not uniform understanding or agreement on this. Uh, there are fine scholars who will come down absolutely on either side of this and say, this is this is the way it is. Uh, some say, there's only a single event. But John is not caught up in the chronology of things. John is caught up in the theology of things. John's not telling, trying to tell a newspaper story of this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. But John's trying to paint the picture of Jesus the Messiah, the Promised One, has come and is overthrowing a corrupt system and establishing a new system, much as you might watch a movie that begins with an event either in the middle or the end of the movie, of the story, but then it will backtrack and fill in things along the way. So making the big point up front, then filling in the details. Perhaps Others say, no, it's two separate events. And there's a lot of differences in, in these two events. And I, I could be swayed either way. I tend to fall down on the uh, side of two separate events. John's description of this is much longer than the others. John, his whole description of this event is uh, from chat, verse 13 through 19. So eight verses... Whereas in Matthew, it's two verses. In Mark, it's three verses. And in Luke, it's two verses. Now, not all verses are the same length, but it gives you an idea of the the difference. The episode in John is much longer, and it's got a lot of differences. The, The essence is being upset with what's going on and chasing people out. Well, in John, the issue seems to just be the engaging in commerce and things that are not engaged in worship in the temple area. Where the other three, the synoptic gospels, the issue is their hearts, their dishonesty, and even the quote. Here, the, the quote from the Old Testament, it's the disciples remember it, and it's a quote from Psalms. Where in the other three gospels, it's a combined quote from Isaiah 56 in Jeremiah 7. And Jesus is the one who says my house will be called a house of prayer. That's from Isaiah 56. But you're making it a den of thieves. That's from Jeremiah 7. There is a difference in that respect and then the response of the Jewish leaders is different. In John chapter 2 they challenge him and say basically, who says you could do this sort of thing? And they don't seem to know who he is. Where in the other three Gospels, they know who he is. And this is what prompts their plotting to kill him, cementing the fact that they're going to kill him. They had already been looking for a, a reason to kill him. So it, it could well be two separate events. I, I, I tend to fall down there on, on that. So this is the first Passover mentioned in the Gospels, and the other one is the last Passover mentioned in the Gospels. So there's a couple of years difference here in in these two events. So what do we make of this? If we walk into a church and people are acting in a way we don't think is uh, worshipful enough, should we make a whip and chase them out? No, but the whole point here is the passion, the seriousness which which he takes what's going on. Do we take our church services, seriously? Do we really think about what's going on? Or are we just going through the motions, going to see our friends, and doing what we think we're supposed to do? When we come together and gather together as the body of Christ, which we're commanded to do, and even in Hebrews chastised, when we don't do it regularly, are we coming for the purpose of worship? Are we coming with the idea of we are here to hear the word of God, to sing praises to God, sing praises about God, talk with God, and actually come here together with my fellow believers, my fellow followers of Christ, to honor God. And that's a pretty high standard. And that's why we do have to be careful when we are planning church services, engaged in purpose, are we really doing it to honor God? Or is that just something we we do around the edges? So it doesn't mean we we can't have fun. But it does mean we need to be intentional and make sure that we are engaged in worship. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.